Welcome to the Psych 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Maxwell. And today, I am so happy to talk with Erez Sheck. Erez, how are you doing? So glad to have you on. I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing fantastic. Thank you. So, Erez, let's get into it. Let's not waste time. Um, how did you get involved in mental health advocacy? Um, as I was seeking my own. No. Um, <laughs> um, you know, it like there wasn't like a defining like moment where like an aha moment where I was like, I'm going to be a mental health advocate. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder uh, close to 16 years ago. Okay. And And how old were you at that time? I was 21. Okay. Thank you. So yeah. So I had uh, years of kind of being misdiagnosed before then. And, Mm -hmm. um, but it took, I think it took me actually a long time to fully actually come to terms with everything that living with bipolar is. And um, September 5th, 2016, um, I tried to end my life. And uh, I woke up two days later uh, in the hospital and I was then 5150, which if people don't know, that's when legally you have to, they're putting you in a psych ward for your own safety, but it doesn't feel like that at the time for for you. Um, mm-hmm. right. and, uh, it was actually in the, uh, where I was 5150 that I kind of started this journey of understanding, uh, what my mental health is and also the stigma and the stigma of mental illness and how much that actually took me to where I was when I tried to end my, end my life. And I kind of saw it in the hospital from the nurses and from the interns and all those people there And I saw how it kind of affected other people, other patients in there who were um, dealing with schizoaffective disorder or depression or something alcohol related or anxiety or any, you know, run down the list of any mental health issue or mental illness. And I started seeing stigma in, in, in kind of everybody's eyes. And after I got out, I just decided that, you know, I was going to do something to contribute to end that, you know, and since then, it's been over a year now, it's, it's kind of grown for me in the sense that I'm also allowing myself to grow with it. And I'm understanding the difference between educating about mental illness, and ending the stigma through education, and also the work that our mental health takes us. And so I'm kind of, I kind of think I'm doing all of it, because I didn't want to I didn't want to just be focused on one thing because that's not realistic to me. <laughs> right. And thank you. Yes. I mean, you, and I, I love hearing these stories of, you know, there's something bad that happened in your life, but you didn't let it sit there. You didn't just say, so, Oh, something bad happened in my life. You said something bad happened. I'm going to make something good yeah. out of it. And what, what took what made you made that decision? Was there something that just kind of, twist your perspective was there something that just kind of made you go i need to do something or is it more of a gradual realization it's weird it was it was gradual but it was a very fast gradual but um it was also Mm -hmm. literally immediately after um, and during uh when i was in the hospital after the suicide attempt it was seeing more than just me suffering from what stigma can do and then after I got out of the hospital, you know, speaking with my with my psychiatrist and my therapist and kind of 
going back and, and, and starting to look at everything leading up to it, I saw how much it had affected me. And it was this, it was literally maybe over a week or two weeks afterwards that I was like, I want to talk to people. I want, I want, I want number one people to understand that they don't have to do this. They don't have to get to that place. I understand how we get to that place where we want to end our lives. I understood it. I understood it too well. And I understood how seeing other people and hearing other people's stories of that can help us move forward. And exactly. it, it, was, wow. it, it really exactly. is like, I, wow. I, kind of, I actually say this at the end of all my check check videos, which is, you know, we can't help others if we're not mm-hmm. helping ourselves. And at the same time, helping ourselves mm-hmm. is helping others. I'm so glad that you said that because that's something I've been saying for a while now. And I feel like people don't believe me when I say they don't. Yeah. It's they're like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. They're like trying to correct you. They're like, that's not what you meant. That's not what you meant. And you're like, no, 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 that's, that's what I meant. Yes. And, and I'm so, and I'm so glad to hear other people saying that because when you say, when I, when I tell people that like to their face, I'll I'll say helping yourself is helping other people. And they'll go, no, you don't know my situation. Like, no, I really need, um, um, no, no, no. Like, listen to me. Trust me. I've been where you are. I knew I needed to help myself before anything else. So I'm always glad to get more um, affirmation from people who've been in the situation and know what you need to do in order to get help. So what are you doing now to, you have this story, you have this, you know, drive to help others. So what occupies your time now? What are you doing now to help others with their mental health challenges? Um, well, number one, I'm helping myself. <laughs> um, no, I, but it, you know, it's funny, but it's, it's funny cause it's true. Right. Because exactly. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I think one thing that like always gets confused is that, um, is that we have, there are people that, you know, are living with a mental illness and not everybody in this world has a mental illness. Everybody in this world does have their mental health to take care of. And mm-hmm. um, just because, you know, I, I've gotten to a place where I'm more stable with my bipolar disorder or whatever, I have like years of, of not being stable and moments of stability that I kind of ignored because it was easier for me to feel like I was sick than to actually right. go and do things in my life and take care and actually be taking care of myself. Um, so now mm-hmm. for me, it's what I'm, what I'm doing is as I, I'm in therapy and working on, you know, my mental health and my growth and taking care of my bipolar disorder, Good. I'm putting it out on my, on my Shuck check videos, which is uh, the videos of the Shuck check, which is a website, www.theshuckcheck.com. Little plug there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in a way documenting what I'm learning about myself and what's helping me along with my journey. Um, so I do my videos. Um, I'm fond of making memes and putting them out there of the things I'm learning and I'm talking, I'm talking about things I've gone through because my life, um, you know, is not just made up of bipolar disorder. There's, you know, uh, nobody is their illness. So, and there are events in our life that um that form us and for good and bad and there are things that we need to work on so i try my best to kind of put them out there with as much transparency with others as i am working on being with myself so by doing that i kind of think uh, you know i'm working on that and i'm also working on 
a memoir about uh, my life to kind of talk about my journey. Nice. That's, that's so great. And I've, you know, I've seen some of your videos, I've looked at your website and one um, really interests me is a very strong title and it was called the stigma kills. Want to tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Cause you've mentioned it before when you're in, you're in the psych ward talking about the yeah. stigma. This is huge. I mean, this is the reason, right? I think you can agree with me that many people don't get help and many people don't realize that they need help is because the stigma is so big that the awareness isn't out there and they're ashamed and afraid to say anything. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your experiences with the stigma and what led you to create that video and kind of like, what's your take on the stigma? Right. Um, Well, I think there's so many different levels to stigma um, and it affects so many different parts of people's lives without even knowing it. And, and you're absolutely correct. Um, you know, it, it prevents people from talking about it. It prevents people from going and getting the help that they need. Um, on another side of it as well, there, I mean, there's so many things that keeps us quiet because of it. And this actually extends far beyond like just mental illness. This, you know, has to do with sexual abuse and, uh, you know, and again, with mental health eating disorders and, and all of that stuff. What my experience is that because stigma is essentially discrimination, right? It's mm-hmm. discrimination and um, and ignorance. People just don't, and I don't mean ignorance in like a in an accusatory way. It's like if you don't learn about something, and you're going off maybe what you've seen in the movies or what you've read in a magazine, mm-hmm. or you know just what you've heard from from the society that you grow up in, and 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 so forth. Um, there's there's an ignorance when it comes to like the education and the interpretation or the misinterpretations of mental health and mental illness. And for me, um, it was something I, you know, have, it's something that I've struggled with since I was diagnosed. And it wasn't just the people who didn't know about mental illness or the ones who, you know, who said, oh, you're depressed. So um, don't go to therapy. Don't take medication, drink this herbal tea and uh, take these vitamins and think positive thinking and positive thoughts and you'll be fine. And it's like, even those little things that we we might view as like, come on, that's, that's not a big deal. It actually is something that is extremely stigmatizing and actually quite upsetting within like people living with mental illness, because it takes away the legitimacy of what a mental illness is. We talk often about, you know, physical illness is not being, or mental illness is not um, taken as seriously um, in society and communities as physical illness. Oh, yeah. And I totally agree with you. And it's funny that I I never, you you said, you said something that's very interesting. You said um, the stigma is discrimination. I never thought about it like that. And it's such an interesting way to phrase it and and a great way, I think, to, you know, relate it to something that's especially very topical. Um, in regard, in, in every regard, like in every way, but you know, roping is like, hey, you know, people with mental who mental illness, they're discriminated against as well in, with society. Very interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought. That. I've never, I've never thought about it like that. We think discrimination, and we think, oh, you know, don't use that bathroom, or in that kind of sense. There are people that are affected by this in the workplace. They can't talk about it. They can't be mm-hmm. open about it. Um, there, there's, there's fear, and, and not just in America and other countries right. as well. But we don't talk about like the discriminatory um, ways that people may speak to you or treat you when they hear that you have a mental illness. And that's kind of what I dealt with the most, that even though there were people around me 
who understood um, uh, who understood maybe like textbook definitions of bipolar mm-hmm. disorder and mental health or mental illness. Um, the, the problem I kind of faced with that is everything they read in those textbooks became applicable to me. So if they even saw like a tiny bit of it, yeah. it was the bipolar. Yeah. And over time, it just became that Ares is bipolar. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm, I'm, I live with bipolar right. disorder. I'm Ares. But what kind of happened over a period of time was you, you believe that about yourself and you lose yourself to it. Yes. And, yes. you know, it affects the stigma affects other pe- people in so many different ways. And um, but the, the video Stigma Kills was actually talking um, in detail about what led me to end my life. And, you know, the, the assumption was that, oh, my medication was off for bipolar, for the bipolar, mm-hmm. or I was having an episode of mania um, or bipolar depression. And when it came down to it, it was actually just uh, what you would call a situational depression. You were, I was depressed from my life situation. And in many ways, I had lost myself to the, the stigma of bipolar disorder. And mm-hmm. when you lose yourself, you don't really feel like, you know, there's anything else to live for. Right. Oh yes, definitely. And you know what? I think, I think we're going to do some stigma breaking right now. Can you inform us what bipolar is? Plain and simply, tell us what it is, what it looks like, how it presented in your own life. That way we can understand, we can empathize with people who have it and we can just be better human beings for it. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, something I actually talk about this in one of my videos is that, um, like everybody's bipolar disorder, there's there's going to be similar. There's going to be tons of similarities in every in, in people's bipolar disorders, right? But mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. down to it, everybody experiences their mania or their depression um, or their hypomania, and their onsets maybe just a bit slightly different. And I think that's important to to know because again, it goes back to this: like nobody is exactly the same. Um, nobody's a textbook de- right. definition. Now, when it, with bipolar disorder, what it comes down to is um, it it speaks almost precisely it's it's you know kind of going back and forth between uh polar opposites it's a chemical imbalance in your brain and um if you're you know during an episode um you're kind of either manic which you know for me presents itself as extremely (laughs) hazy and what my it but like in a kind of i go in and out of like blackouts kind of way like I might be walking around, but I'm mm-hmm. I might not remember certain things. Um, your mind is kind of going, a mi- or my mind goes like mm-hmm. a mile a minute. Um, I talk more than I usually do, and I talk a lot as is. And um, there's hypersexuality that often does not get talked about um, because you know it's kind of you, nobody wants to hear mm-hmm. about that. Um, <laughs> um, you know, some people spend right. a lot of money. If they have a lot of money, there are people that have you know uh, gone into debt because of it. And for me, a lot of it is I've, I've definitely put some strain on relationships because of the erraticness that it has caused within me. And then the depression for me um, is very much like what mm-hmm. you, it's, it, it's very much like what you see in the movies. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, I typically feel right. extremely heavy and um, getting out of bed is extremely um it seems very unplausible. And it also something to note is that you don't, you, you, it sounds so scary, but you don't 
often know what you're, you know, what you're, you don't feel like you have control in any sense. Um, and that's what, you know, for me, that's why I embrace medication as well, mm-hmm. um, legally. And, um, mm-hmm. and hyper, hypermania, which is often present for me during onset of, uh, an episode, um, is kind of just like a, a shorter version of mania. Um, the thing is, is hypomania for me can actually happen with or without a, mm-hmm. an episode that follows um yeah so and then you know different kind of things uh for me for onset of an episode besides the hypomania is i do kind of notice things kind of going a little faster in my brain like not necessarily my speech but when other people are speaking um it seems like the world's going a little faster i actually always say that it's important for people living with bipolar disorder to start looking back at past okay. episodes that they've had and start getting to know like the traits of your, your um, episodes of your mania and your depression, um, because it's, it, it is actually helping you. And if you're going to a therapist, okay. um, mm-hmm. it helps them as well. And I actually, uh, I once wrote it up on a piece of paper and when I was kind of living far away from, from family, I gave it to them and, and I said, if you start noticing these things, um, I'm giving permission to call my therapist because that's basically self-care in my eyes. Getting to know those things um, are, are self-care because you don't want to end up in an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And, yes. you know, it's kind of important to have those buffers there. Mm-hmm. I am so, and thank you. Thank you. You've explained it. Right? <laughs> and even, even in, in for me, um, some things that I, I didn't know, and I'm sure that anybody didn't know what bipolar disorder is now knows um and i'm so and and i love the fact that you wrote down your signs your symptoms the traits that you experience when you're going into an episode piece of paper which i love i love pen and paper and then you gave it to somebody so they could help you and that right there shows me how much like where you've gone from yeah. being like severely affected like by the stigma to now you're asking for help, which is, I mean, I don't know. I know in my case that when I was afraid and ashamed like of saying something, never would have done that <laughs> because, you know, I don't like having problems and I don't want, like, I naturally just don't want people to, like, to know my problems. I just naturally, I don't want to talk about them. So I just, I love that. I think that's a great example. Um, and the fact that you are here, you know, doing well, like, of course you're going to therapy, which is also great. I think every person in the world needs therapy, uh, even people who seem mentally healthy and you're, you're taking care of yourself. I do. I really, I believe that every person in the world could benefit from therapy at least once a month. Because we all I think if a doctor, if, I'm sorry. I think if you go to a doctor, like a like a, a a regular physician, you should be going to a therapist as well. Yes. Um, yes. Because because that I think that's actually one of the, the greatest sti- like I call it actually the mother stigma hmm. is that you know we we when we hear mental health we I think as a society we hear mental illness. And so we mm-hmm. think, oh, we don't have to hear that because I don't live with a mental illness. I don't have a mental yeah. illness. Yeah. And the thing is, is if you're paying attention to your physical health and your physical well-being, 
uh, pay some attention to your mental health as well, because everybody has to deal with your with with our mental health as much as we all have to deal with our physical health. Yes, yes, and yes again. Um, <laughs> it is, and it's true. Yeah. I mean, even the Romans. I loved yeah. putting this out. It was like the Romans had a phrase. Um, I can't remember the Latin for it. Um, but they said a strong mind is a strong body, and, and vice versa. Because they're so connected. You're our, you're not yourself if either one of them is broken in any way. And and I'll tell people that learning people will tell me, well, I'm not right. sure if I'm dealing with clinical depression because I don't know if my symptoms are serious enough. I say you have symptoms. <laughs> like you have, let's not focus on whether you're depressed or not. Let's focus on what, what your symptoms are. Okay, you can't sleep at night. What can you do right. to no, sleep better at night? You're absolutely like correct. It's like that, that's an excellent Number one, nobody should ever self-diagnose themselves, no matter how much you've read or anything. It's like look at the symptoms, <laughs> not the diagnosis. Look at this at what yes. you're at you're dealing with and not mm-hmm. at what it could necessarily be. And I actually see this with people or like, you know, who live with a like a mental illness, like a diagnosed mental illness um, currently. It's like not that we don't, not that we want to add things onto our list of 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 diagnoses, but you know, it's like we right. should know better than anybody that like you know you go to a doctor to get diagnosed, right? So don't think that if you read yep. something on on yep. on Google or you you picked up a book and you're like you're like oh that person <laughs> has hypothermia. I'm cold. I have hypothermia. No, you wouldn't do that. So don't do it with depression. <laughs> don't do it with anxiety. Let's not call things like exactly. diagnose things, things that they're not until we, we know from a, from a doctor. You're right. exactly right. We should be looking at the symptoms, what we're feeling, mm-hmm. and what we're going through in life first. Because um, that's what actually... Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Always consult the professionals. Yep. Exactly. And I always, I always say, like, I'm not. I am not a doctor. You need to go to a doctor. I can't tell you whether you have depression or not. Um, I would love. I'm, I was like, it's like I love. I would love to heal you. I would love to just heal you, but I can't. Like, you need. You need professional help. And then you know that goes back to the whole getting help and the stigma and everything with that. I didn't go that far. Like, I didn't get a master's or a doctorate. Right. Me neither. Uh, last time I checked. <laughs> You pick that up on Google, and if it's real concern, go to a doctor. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But in, in general, even you know, I think we need to be looking at like the things that could potentially be causing it, um, and that I mean, mm-hmm. and and the actual things, and take it from and take it from there. You know, you can't you can't treat an an illness you either don't have or that you haven't been diagnosed with. It's not going to do you good to, to name it. Um, until you actually go see a professional about it. Right. And with that, let's leave everybody with one thing they can do, like right now, maybe, maybe tonight, or maybe after they get up, they get home if they're driving, but one thing they can do to improve their mental health. I think one thing definitely we could, people can do to improve their mental health and something that I've kind of embraced is every day, Try to write down one thing. It doesn't have to be like a whole journal entry. Just one thing that you've had trouble admitting to yourself about either emotions or relationships in your life or events in your life. Just one word, one sentence that is just, nobody has to see it bluntly honest with yourself. Wow. It's hard for you to admit. Yes. Wow. That is, that is, that is original. I was not expecting that. Um, yes. So write down, yep, 
Exactly. And that, and, and really, you know, to help you get, whether it's something in your past that you're not really feeling like you're not, not really want to acknowledge, you know, just something, yeah, get that out. Cause getting something out, um, can go so far and, you know, getting it out into the light cause depression. And I mean, every, mm-hmm. like all dark, all bad stuff feeds on darkness and we get that outright breaking the stigma. I'm feeling that's a little theme, the theme of our, of our show right now, breaking that stigma, getting it out, whether it's on, especially you know, on paper in a private diary or with your friends asking for help or with a therapist, actually getting professional help, break the stigma. And if you know right. somebody who maybe exhibits the signs of bipolar, um, talk to them. Educate, let them know what bipolar is, point them towards errors here, and they can find his info um, at the check check. Um, it's uh, I've the and then s h e k c h e c k dot com. The check check got it that time dot com. A ton of info there, and um, great on social media. In fact, we met on Twitter. Um, one night I was yes. just scrolling through, um, I don't know even if I told you this, I was scrolling through, um, I just typed in mental illness or mental health in the search bar. My name came up. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> well, you, one of your posts came up and I thought this guy's pretty cool. He's posting some good stuff. And so I looked at your profile. I liked it. And then, um, we started interacting through Twitter. We matched back and forth and got something set up. So, um, again, proving social media is not all bad. Um, there's a lot of good about social media as well. Thank you so much, Eris, for being on the show, helping us break the stigma around bipolar disorder. You can find show notes and more at thepsych101podcast.com. All the links to everything about Eris will be there. His Twitter where we met, his website. And um, just thank you so much, Eris. And uh, thank you so much for sharing your story, your wisdom with us. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You've been listening to the Psych 101 podcast. I'm Luke Maxwell with Eras Sheck. Again, take a look at the show notes at the psych101podcast.com. Links to everything we talked about will be there. And as always, be ashamed and stay ashamed.